Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we celebrate films that we think might be underrated, underappreciated, or we just wanted to talk about them. We're also on your televisions every Friday around 6pm on the local TV network, but we'll give you the details of that later on. I'm here, as ever, with Alice Oliver. Alice, how are you? Very well, thank excited. you, Josh. And yourself? Oh, always excited when excited. I'm here. Excited. <laughs> um, yes, I'm very well, thank you. So this week's film is Ewoks: The Battle for Endor from 1985. Hey. So spoiler warnings if you've not seen it. So let's get stuck in. Alice, Ewoks, the battle for Endor. Ah, uh, here we go. It's now, happening. Some people you know would when you say, pick Green Lantern? Yeah, yeah. So, so some people would say, why do you need to ask her what this is about? Doesn't the title explain it all? Uh, maybe, it maybe. But I'm going to ask you anyway, because you said there's a story behind this. So I'm really there keen. Is. I'm really keen to know about this. Okay, Since you on. picked it. Because this is probably up there with one of our most obscure choices. Mm-hmm. So you pick this one. What is it about in a nutshell? Okay. Uh, why did you pick it? So what is it about? So it, it's a sequel, first of all, to the first Ewoks film, which was The Caravan of Courage. Now, this is all part of the Star Wars extended universe, basically. But Ewoks, The Battle for Endor is about... So a young girl named Sindel and her family have crashed on Endor and they're trying to get back. So this film starts with them almost being ready to get back. They're trying to fix up their starship and, you know, they're just days away from everything being fixed and they'll get to leave and go home. But then just as everything is about to happen the Ewok village that they're sort of staying in gets uh, invaded by marauders who start burning things down and they kill Sindel's entire family. They then kidnap her and Wicket, who is her little Ewok buddy. Um, they manage to escape and then it's about kind of their survival, really, and how, how are they going to make it on Endor when it's just the two of them and there's marauders around <laughs> trying to set things on fire? So they bump into uh, an old man named Noah who also crashed there some time ago, and he's kind of... He seems to have just kind of given up 
on any hope really of ever getting away. He crashed there with his friend who went missing many, many years ago. We later find out that he sadly died, again, due to these marauders, the evil bastards. Um, they're horrible. Yeah, they are horrible. If you listen to this, and, they're horrible. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it's just, we're just kind of following them on their journey. Uh, it's it's all about kind of Sindel and, you know, her trying to get off Endor and, you know, how is she going to make it off Endor? But thanks to the power of friendship and teamwork, yep. they manage it and she flies away with Noah. Uh, and I, I guess things all end happily ever after. Before we go on, if you are on. not familiar with Star Wars... Two things you probably need to know. One, Endor is a planet, looks a lot like Earth. It's essentially a big forest. Is is it a moon? Is Endor a moon? It's a moon yeah, of a bigger I planet. Think so. I think maybe. Um, hey, listen, my Star Wars lore knowledge <laughs> is not up to scratch, so bear with me yeah, with this, so, guys. So, so that's the first thing, is that it's a planet that looks... So it's either a planet or a moon. It's a big forest. Secondly, is Ewoks are essentially little teddy bear-looking alien little things. Little teddy bears. So that's, oh. that, if you don't know Star Wars, you're probably not listening to this one anyway. But, but if you aren't, that's what they are. So... Make your case for me. Why? What's the story? I want to know this story. What's the story in Morning Glory, all that? What is it? So I'll tell you about the story. So I think I've already told you and to the listeners as well that I didn't really get into Star Wars until I was much older. It wasn't until The Force Awakens was coming out. You know, I saw that my you're husband... You're not that old now. Really... You're not that old now, are you? I know. Well, <laughs> I, see, I see that he was getting really excited about it and, you know, there was a lot of hype around it. And then they went and cast Adam Driver as Kylo Ren. So I was like, right, I'm probably going to want to watch this film. So I started watching like a 10 minute recap of all the Star Wars films, basically just to, you know, so I, I had some prior knowledge going in just so that the characters would mean something to me so I could get invested in this world. Started watching this 10 minute recap and about two minutes in, I was like, actually, this looks pretty cool, you know, maybe I'll just watch the films. So then ended up watching five of the first six. I missed Attack of the Clones because I couldn't stand Christian Haydenson, uh, What's his name? Christian uh, Hayden What's Christensen. Hayden <laughs> Excuse me. I couldn't or, stand. Or Mac and you, 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 Gregor. I couldn't stand um, Hayden Christian. What's his name again? Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't stand Hayden Christensen. Is it Christensen? Yeah, Christensen. Christensen. Fuck me, sorry. Hayden Christensen's performance. Which I a lot of people. Stand, not his are, performance, not just his performance, but that rat tail. A that lot of, yeah, tail. that's pretty bad. A lot of people are obviously very critical of that, so yeah. So that was really the first time that I'd properly understood Star Wars and, and, you know, was really exposed to it. And it wasn't until a bit later that I figured out that this film that I'd liked as a kid called Ewoks Battle for Endor was part of this universe. Ah, so we had, we had Ewoks Battle for Endor on a VHS that I think my dad just got from a car boot sale. Mm. But that was it. We didn't have Caravan of Courage. i never seen Caravan of Courage. I've still not seen it. We were not a Star Wars household at all. But we had this one video that we were obsessed with. Like, I watched it over and over. I thought it was the bee's knees. But when I think about it, I'm like, well, didn't my parents kind of pick up on the fact that we liked that and then maybe, you know thought about introducing <laughs> us to Star Wars. So now I'm left thinking, I'm going to have to, converse, have to have a conversation with them about it, but now I'm left thinking, do they know that Star Wars exists? <laughs> like, do they know what these Ewoks are? Like, I don't get it. Anyway. Your dad's just trying to get you to watch Blue Velvet at the time. I know, like, yeah. It's, it's not violent enough for him, is it, Star Wars? Yeah, there's not, there's um, not enough gas huffing and exactly. sexual abuse in it for, 
for Rog. So, uh, so this was just the really weird thing. So we just had this VHS. We didn't know anything else about this extended Star Wars universe. And I genuinely think that if I'd seen Star Wars as a child, I would have loved it. Mm. Anyway, so the reason I picked this is that I do think it's underseen and I do believe it is also underrated. Because I think just because I've seen it, I don't think many people have seen it. And I don't even think Star Wars fans really, on the whole, have seen it. It was a straight-to-TV movie, so it didn't get a release or anything. And I just don't really know anyone else who talks about it. But then again, I haven't brought it up to many people because I only found out it was part of the Star Wars universe a couple of years ago. Way too recent, to be honest. Had you seen this one, Josh? <laughs> um, no, so I hadn't seen yeah, it. I'd, I'd, I'd heard of these films. Um, I actually, I think I thought they were cartoons. Okay. Yeah. I didn't think it was live action. I don't know why I thought that. So, and and I and I was I was dreading this a little bit going into it. Not oh, probably yeah. not for the reasons you think. My relationship. I'm a big Star Wars fan. Um, mm. I, when when Pav of Top Ten Pods went did his his 24 hour podathon, um, which should be a few weeks ago now. A shout out to Pav and Top Ten Pods. Um, we talked a little bit about this film and we were talking a little bit about Star Wars. My, my relationship with Star Wars has soured a little bit in recent because years. Of, the sequel trilogy. The last two films. Yeah, I was I mean, not even the last two, just the last one. I was not a fan. I felt like it was very poorly managed and I thought mm -hmm. the output wasn't very good. And, and yeah. it just left me feeling a, a little bit cold. Having said that, I do love the older trilogies. I do like the prequel trilogy as well. I know a lot of people don't, but but I do. I'm probably the right age to have enjoyed them when they came out and stuff. So, yeah. So, so I was interested to watch this. I was interested to hear the story. And, you know, <laughs> ultimately, when, when, when you pick a film like this, there's always got to be a reason. So you probably, you know, you're going into it thinking, like, like same with Green Lantern for you. you know, why, is, why have they picked this? This is such a strange choice. So... I'm interested to know then now that you've you've rewatched it. What what did you think? As I suppose as a so, is this the first time you've watched it as an adult? It is. It's it was the first time I'd even kind of thought about it as an yeah. adult. Like it's been literally years and probably decades. Twenty years since maybe. I've seen it. Yeah, easily, easily, yeah. maybe even more. Um and I absolutely loved it, Josh. I loved it from start to finish. I was in tears most of the time. I knew I would be. So I am going to try and be as objective as possible. But this is dripping in nostalgia for me, mm. like dripping. Like, and I couldn't get away from that. Like, as soon as I saw Wicket, as soon as I saw Sindel again, it was like I was six watching this VHS sat on the floor in my lounge. It's a on big this old, big, a thick big old grey television. Ice cream of nostalgia, and and, it it, really and is. it's melting on your hands. And you, and you want to lick it off, but you're yeah. trying to describe the ice cream to me. And it's it even though I hadn't seen the first one and I didn't know anything about this extended world, it still just grabbed me. And here are some of the reasons I think why after watching it again. Hit me with one. it. Hit me with it. So I think the pacing and the way that the story is told is actually really, really good. So much happens in the first few moments. So it starts with Wicket and Sindel prancing around on Endor. It's beautiful. The grass is green. The trees are green. The sky is blue. Everything just seems really nice. You know, her dad is fixing the starship and soon they'll get to go away. But then disaster strikes so, so quickly. The marauders come. They murder her whole family. She has this awful moment where, because she's wearing this bracelet that I 
think, sort of monitors the heart rate of every other person who's wearing these bracelets. And she sees that something's going wrong with her mum's heart rate. So she runs back to the Ewok village and there's her mum's body, lifeless, on the floor. And she just, like, doesn't know what to do. And her brother's there and he's like, run, Sindel, run! Because obviously they're burning things, they're killing people. She runs to her dad, who's back with the starship, who's just outside the village. But then the marauders come to them too and then find them. So then they stab her dad and he tells her, you know, you've got to run away, save yourself. And then he dies as well. And she's just left completely alone on this alien planet. And it was just so much for a, a couple of minutes. Do you know what I mean? It was so intense, so emotional. Alice. And the actor, oh, go on. Are you all right? I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> it's fine. It's just them Ewoks, man. It's the Ewoks. Um, so I think a lot of this is down to Aubrey Miller, who plays Sindel, our mm. child actor, who I think does a wonderful job. I think she's so good. I didn't find her irritating at all, which I do find is quite a risk sometimes yeah. with child Proper actors. Proper Shirley Partic Temple vibes. Yeah, and especially with films that are really directed towards a younger mm. audience. Sometimes I was like, oh, am I going to hate this? Is it going to be awful? But I actually thought she did a really, really good job. So... We're following her. So she she gets kidnapped by these marauders, but her and Wicket, uh, they manage to escape. So they, they escape, they run away from the marauders and then, you know, they're running through the woods and they're climbing a cliff face and they encounter a dragon and all this stuff happens. And it's just so, like, full of story and of emotion and just so much going on in such a quick space of time. And I also thought it looked really impressive. I love the way the Endor looks. The cliff face that I mentioned just then that, the, that they climb on is so dramatic and I think looks brilliant. The makeup for the Marauders is exceptional. They are terrifying. Um, and you've got this beautiful, massive planet out in the sky in the distance that is just always there. Like our sun, well, except you shouldn't, you know, don't look directly at the sun, but you can look directly at this planet and it's just like always there. Um, I just thought, I thought there was so much to like about it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to keep reining myself in because I know ah. I'm just gonna keep going on and on. Um, tell me, tell me, Josh, your first thoughts. What did you feel? Did you feel anything? Okay, so I'm gonna ask you the question I've asked you before, which because I'm always interested to know with these. What do you think I thought? What do you think my reaction uh, was? Indulge I, I me. Think... I know that's very egotistical of me, but. I don't care because it's my podcast and it's your podcast. So what did you I, think I thought? I think you probably had quite a lukewarm reaction. I think a you probably saw it. Yeah, I think maybe part of your brain was like, oh, yeah, I can see that, you know, a six or seven year old would like this. And oh, yeah, some of it looks good or whatever. But I don't think you would really get excited about it. And I, I don't think you would hate it. But <laughs> we'll find out now, I guess. Okay, so... Some of that that you've just said is right, but not completely. So as I started watching this, because I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't know it was a sequel as well. So that was that was interesting to find out. I mean, um, Josh, I didn't really until very, very recently. <laughs> I no um, idea. So look, as soon as I started watching this after a little while, I realized it it's not for me. Mm -hmm. It's not for mm -hmm. an adult. It's a kid's film. It, and, and I think it's probably for the younger end of the, the kid's film spectrum. You know, your sixes and sevens and eight-year-olds, that sort of mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. So, like you, I tried to go into it as objectively as I could because I really hate it when a kid's film comes out. A film critic has to review it and they just slate it. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, well, you know, Barbie and the Nutcracker isn't for you. Yeah. So, yeah, what, yeah, so yeah. you know, try and look at it as a piece of filmmaking. So that's what I tried to do. And I think mm -hmm. that there's a lot to like. Oh, goody. So the first thing, you've touched on it there, is the production design. The sets, mm -hmm. the props, the costumes. 
it felt like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. A lot of it felt like Star Wars. So the, the production design or the set design, I can't remember what, what it is, is Joe Johnston. Now, Joe Johnston is now a director who directed Captain America. He directed Jumanji, and he's directed, I think, other stuff as well, like the rock, possibly The Rocketeer, I can't quite remember. And I think he's quite underrated. Now, he didn't direct it, but he is the production design, and I think he brings a real quality to that. There's a, there's a look and a feel to this film and a sound with the music as well. It feels like Star Wars to me. It feels mm-hmm. like it belongs in the Star Wars universe. I wasn't sitting there because I think I can be quite cynical about this sort of thing. I mean, it's there. I mean, films are there to make money. Mm-hmm. But things like this in particular feel a little bit like milking something dry a little bit. Or they can okay. do, you know. Not necessarily specifically this one, just when they release a film and then a tie-in cartoon. And then, you know, it's all a cash grab, isn't it? It's all capitalizing on the success of the wider films, the Star Wars films. But they feel like Star Wars. Um, I think that Warwick Davis gives a really good physical performance in it as Wicket. I mean... That thing must have been a nightmare to wear that costume. Oh my gosh! And and back then as well. Yeah. So we've we, you know we're not brilliant at, at kind of what materials are the best to use. Yeah. It's, it would have just been more like oh well, what have we got available? And it's like guys, it's a million degrees in here. It's like yeah. sorry, Warwick, but we yeah. need to get you, the take. You're yeah. just gonna have I to have water. It was hell. Yeah. So he and the other actors who play the other Ewoks and Teak as well, which is the other alien. I think I think that's an actor in there. I don't think it's a puppet, but I might be wrong. Um, either way, everyone in this who is playing a costume character gives quite a good physical performance, but particularly Warwick Davis. And even the Marauders as well, yeah. I suppose. Like yeah. That's some pretty heavy, that's heavy, heavy costume, going, heavy isn't going. it? It's from top to bottom. Oh, yeah. You must be talking like a good couple of stone of costume there, if mm. you think how heavy it is overall. Um, th- I-, I think there was some heartwarming elements to it. Like you said, the, oh. the girl who plays Sindel is, you know, she's oh, just an so unbelievably good. cute, Little kids, big eyes, curly blonde ringlets. Like I said, strong Shirley Temple vibes to her. Um, I do think that kids would enjoy it. Um, I think it'd be a really good way, perhaps, to get your kids into Star Wars because that you know they're not necessarily. If you try, I mean, if you try and sit and watch the original one with them, I remember watching that when I was a kid and being quite scared of the stormtroopers when they burn down the house and you see the skeletons and Darth Vader and the monster in the trash compactor and all that. You know, Star Wars is, is a family film, but it does it is a PG at the end of the day. It's probably You probably avoid watching it with a really young kid, I think. I do. I am a, a little bit... I do feel like I missed out a bit mm. by not watching Star Wars at a younger age. I do. I genuinely feel like I would have got my a lot first, from my it. My first experience of like a hysteria and a massive marketing thing around a film. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Was Phantom Menace. Mm -hmm. I remember when that came out, you couldn't move. For Star yeah. Wars stuff. The only other time I've experienced that is Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. Again, you know, 15 years later. And um and and endgame as well. But in terms <laughs> of family films, there's not much that touches Star Wars. I don't you mm -hmm. know, it's it is it's the maybe maybe Harry Potter, but even the later Harry Potter films edge towards that preteen market rather than kids' films. Whereas mm -hmm. this is, you know, and I, I, this, these, you know, Star Wars are kids' films. I, do, I, I, I might come in for some flack for that, but I, I just think that they, that that is who that. I mean, they're for everybody. But if you've got something to say, a lot of people criticize things like the prequels and and say um, that oh, they're just there to sell toys. And it's like, well, what did you not buy any toys when the originals came out? There was toys everywhere. They're there to sell yeah. toys. They're there for kids. They're there for everyone to enjoy. You know, get over yourself a little bit. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Star Wars as a product. We're here to talk <laughs> about this film. So I, yeah, I think kids would, would enjoy it. I think it'd be a good way to ease your kids into the Star Wars universe. You know, it isn't for me. It's not, but I do think it captures the essence of Star Wars. It's entertaining enough for kids. It looks great. It sounds great. So... I think there's stuff to like in there. I do. And like you say, it moves at a decent pace. I think the pace was really good because I had sort of feared that, oh, is, is this going to be quite boring? Am I going to be bored? And I didn't feel bored at no. all. I thought there was enough going on. You've got enough kind of punchy and dramatic things happening, you know, from the dead parents to then getting kidnapped to then meeting Noah to then, you know, the marauders then kidnapping again. Like, there was enough for me. There really was. Yeah. Lurch from the Adams family is the villain. Was it? Was it? Yeah. What? Yeah. Was he really? It's the the Lurch from Adams family values is the villain in this. Oh wow! Is that because of his height? Because he's seven foot tall. Yeah, probably same. Quite a, a tower. Same reason presence. that Dave Prowse was was Darth Vader. I think. <laughs> um, um, I thought some of the some of the effects weren't great, but the way that they did Teak's um, super fast running, yeah, I enjoyed that. I thought looked really yeah, good. It. Like I feel like you wouldn't really get much better these days. Uh, so Sharal, 
who is our witch from oh, another planet, yes. who is with yeah. the Marauders. I think she looks fabulous. She's got a wonderful costume. She's very magic and she's very sinister as well because the way she lures Sindel yeah. into the forest is by singing a song that her mother used to sing to her. How cruel. She, you know yeah, she I mean? looks but like something wonderful. from like a kid's game show or something, that might like that sort of thing, like a character who would be the narrator in a kid's game show. I yeah. do have one problem with that character, which is that she seems to ride a horse. Yes. A horse? Like, since when the horse is a thing, it's like, well, just make it an it, alien. This, well, this was this was a conversation because <laughs> I watched I watched this with my husband, and he said because he's big Star Wars guy, yeah. uh, and he was like, I've never seen a horse in Star Wars. He was the first so I was person like, I spoke. Your husband was the first person I spoke to after Rise of Skywalker, where we were both oh, texted yeah. each other going. <sighs> Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was fuming. Yeah. He was fuming. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so what did he say about the horse? Yeah, no, he he just he asked the question immediately and then started doing like a deep dive into the Star Wars lore and Are like, there do horses, horses Google, exist? Do horses it's like Pokemon? Are Pokemon animals? Are there yes. animals in the world of Pokemon? Anyway, so it's yeah. Possi- it's possible that they are. I think they might be native to Endor right. and that they don't really exist anywhere else. Uh, but yes, the horse <laughs> was a mystery. And there are a few other mysteries, but yep. you know, we'll get to those later. What else? Um you got a love you got a lot of love for this film. Get it out there. I have got a lot of love for this film, but I know that it, it's 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 tainted and you know it's rose-colored glasses sort of thing because of the because of the nostalgia. Um I suppose just the last couple of things as well is I do quite like the fact that the marauders seem to be unbelievably stupid <laughs> because I think that makes them a fair match for yeah. the Ewoks. Obviously, the Ewoks don't really have weapons. You know, they're, they're not big. They're not overpowering or whatever. They are just plentiful. And obviously, they know the planet or the moon. They know Endor like the back of their hand, so they know what they're doing in that regard. But the Marauders are incredibly stupid. And when the two guards who have got uh, Sindel, I think, uh, locked up in a, in a cage or in, in a jail cell, uh, Teak manages to get him and he, you know, places a card at one of the Marauder's sleeves and then it falls out so then it makes it look like that he was cheating at the game of cards. So then the two Marauders just shoot each other. They are uh, funny. A brilliant... They're good fun. They just, yeah, and... they just laugh. Like, yeah. there's some of them not dialogue. There's just bits where they sit around going, <laughs> like, yeah. that's yeah. all they do. And it's like proper, proper Star Wars. Villains. Yeah, yeah very, quite childlike villains, I think. But but I was I was here for it and it didn't irritate me in, in the way that I perhaps thought it might do. There's a brilliant moment as well where Noah, Teak and Wicket break into... Uh, into the castle. So they've got this brilliant castle that mm. also looked amazing where they're keeping Sindel. And they do the, you know one man on top of the other sort of thing. So <laughs> Noah puts Wicket on his head, on his shoulders, and then puts a great big sort of sheet or a great big cloth over them so they just look like one of the marauders. And the marauders see them walking through the room, kind of point at it as if, oh, look what those guys are doing, but then just let them carry on walking. <laughs> so you, just, you just get this impression that, yeah, they're really, really stupid. Um, and just finally as well, the I really liked the kind of reverse E.T. style ending. You know, mm. they've got the ship, everything's fixed, they can fly away now, uh, but it's Sindel leaving um, the, the aliens, leaving the Ewoks, and it's this sort of, I'll come back and visit you sort of thing. And it just I just found it really emotional. I found it really endearing. I thought the story actually really held up and a lot of the action held up too. And I just really liked it. 
Okay, so we'll move on to talking about things that we perhaps didn't like or that we would change about the film. I don't get the impression Alice has got many notes for this bit, but uh, what do you think, Alice? What would you change about this treasured childhood memory? So I guess there's a couple of things to discuss here. Now, my viewing experience and my love for this film came from quite a unique place where I hadn't seen anything before. I didn't really truly understand what it was, but there was just obviously something about it that I fell in love with. But if you aren't aware of the wider Star Wars lore, and if you haven't seen the first one, Caravan of Courage, I imagine you'd have a lot of questions. Like even when I was a kid, I found it odd that they were already crashed on this planet and were already sort of trying to to leave. And I just... In my mind, I just kind of always thought, oh, I guess they must have crashed before and now we're just seeing them as they're trying to leave sort of thing. Like, I didn't even think that there must be another film. I didn't even think that there must be another sort of extended part to it. I just took it at face value yeah. and that was it. But obviously, if you haven't, it, it it doesn't or shouldn't work as a standalone film. Yeah. And it just does for me just because of my parents were obviously weird and never heard of Star Wars or whatever it was, whatever the reason behind that was. Um, I don't think at all times the Marauders' end game was very clear and it wasn't mm. really clear what they wanted. They talk about wanting the power, which is this part of the starship that makes it go and they want to use that for something. Isn't 100% clear why, not 100% clear where they've come from. Are they, are they native to that planet? Have they crash landed there somewhere else? There's also a lot of stuff going on with Sheral, so our witch, that isn't explored in this film at all. So she is from, she's from another planet and she's fleeing something like the sisterhood or the sisterhood of witches or it's something like that. So she's fleeing that and she sort of met up with these marauders and now she's their second in command. None of that is explored. And, you know, the fact she's a shapeshifter, we've never seen anything. Or, you know, and that's not in the I first one. That's we, not in the first one. Well, I don't think she is in the right, first okay. one at all. And, you know, obviously she's a shapeshifter. We know that magic, in air quotes, sorry, you know, like force power, whatever it is, exists in this universe. But I don't think we've ever seen anything like that before. No. no um, or, you so. know, since on the, since the Star Wars that I have rewatched, but obviously at the time, that didn't mean anything to me because I hadn't seen any Star Wars. Anyway, <laughs> so I, it felt like there was a lot of information missing in that regard. Um, how did you feel about that sort of thing? Yeah, that's probably my main criticism, which is that, I mean, even if you take the fact that it's a sequel aside, there is a lack of exposition, I think. It's not clear, like you say, it's not clear on the villain's motivations, what they want to do, what their end game is. Even things like, why does Noah leave at the end? It's not quite clear. I mean, he takes Sindel and Noah and they leave on their ship, but it's not really clear what he's going to do because... Like, is he taking her to another planet? What's he doing? Has he adopted her? Are they going to go traveling? I don't really know. And I know it's a kid's film, so I'm trying not to be too harsh, but there's that. Noah doesn't even really have any motivation to get involved. They just find him and stumble on him, and he's a kindly old man, so he helps. And, yeah, another thing is... I <laughs> At the end, the villain seems to be defeated by some sort of twist of fate or some sort of Noah figuring something out. And it's not clear why, he just sort of melts. Well, well, so my interpretation of that was because 
doesn't one of them catapult like a stone into the kind of what is it it's like an amulet or it's the thing yeah. that gives Sheral her power and he's the head marauder is wearing that around his neck and that breaks right and that gets smashed while it's attached to him that's, and that's then that what, sort yeah. of turns him into stone yeah but I, 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 stone I, I, yeah still it's still i still i suppose it just wasn't clear enough for me mm-hmm. in in general but yeah i mean that was my that was my main criticism i do think it for me it did lose a little bit at the start when i was trying to get my head around the fact that it was a sequel and mm-hmm. and then i think if you if you add into that the fact that oh uh, the, the kid the little kid who plays Sindel is very cute and very mm-hmm. you know adorable and she plays the, she's and she's a good actor and she's a good I actor she did but really I, good. I i do think between there's a bit of there's a bit of time between her losing her family and her meeting noah where she can't. She's too young to carry the film, really. And I know as okay. a and I know as a kid, you you're probably looking at it and thinking, "Oh, I could be her or or whatever." Mm-hmm. So maybe that's just being lost on me because I'm a man in his thirties. But I did think there was a little period where, because it's her and Wicket, and Wicket can't really speak, and she is a child, it became a little. It felt it lost its way a little bit, and then it found its way back when they meet Noah. So that, yeah, and he can sort and of then be he, that and then he is the almost. go-to that he is the narrator yeah. he is the he is the the exposition machine sort of thing. Mm. So there was that the only other issue I had is I do I think we needed more characters with expressions because <laughs> Wicket and Terak and um Teak are the, the the three the villain and the two of the protagonists. You've only really got in this Noah and uh, is it Cheval the witch? Cheral. Cheral, sorry. Cheval's like a brandy or something, isn't it? Um, <laughs> um, yeah, you've only got them who, who are adults and who are delivering your lines. So there's there's periods where it'll focus on the villain and, and his face doesn't move or say with mm-hmm. Widget, his face doesn't move. And I just got a little bit, I don't know if it was a little bit unsettled or a little bit like I couldn't quite click because because of that lack of expression to me it's not really a it's not a huge deal or anything like that it was just something that i think maybe maybe a bit more maybe uh, but the other i suppose the other thing is is the at the time could they have done it so that he could move mm. his face i mean did did terak need a full face mask where he had no expression or perhaps would makeup have been better Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I overall, like I say, it it's fine. <laughs> That's good enough for me. <laughs> it's, you know, it, it is. I think. I think ultimately, it's a kids' film on the wrong side of the kids' films I like. So, like we talked about before, Pixar films, Road to El Dorado, that sort of thing. There's nothing really in it for adults. So, if you don't have that nostalgia like you do, perhaps there's nothing really in it. Would I watch this with my kid? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, probably. I I, I, I don't know. I'd, and I do think there's enough in there to keep kids kids entertained, but I would probably question if it's got enough in there to keep kids entertained now. But that might be more to do with their attention span. I think that's a fair assessment. I think that's a fair assessment, yeah. Okay, so we'll move on to talking about the critical reception then. Um, now I haven't seen the critical reception, but mm, what do you think it got, and what would you give it? <sighs> it's a tough one. I don't want my score to be affected by the fact that, like I've said, I'm trying to be objective as a piece of filmmaking directed at an intended target audience. How do I think it was? Mm-hmm. Eh, six, six and a half out of ten, something like that. Perfectly okay. decent. Yeah. How do I think it did? Well, I'm I'm torn on this because I wonder if perhaps 
the Star Wars fans be quite kind to it, drive the drive the rating up, or if it was absolutely battered. Mm. So I'm going to say the audience scored it quite highly. The critics did not. Okay. So I'm going to so. say it probably evens out at maybe a five. Okay, yeah, we'll go with that. That is my perspective on what I think they did, not necessarily what I think it did. I think it's better than five, as I've said. Okay, good. But go on, how did it I'm, do? I'm happy to hear that, Josh. Uh, so <laughs> on IMDb at the time of recording, it got 5.5. And over on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience gave it 51%, and it remains unscored by the critics. There is right. just a, there is a blank space on the tomato meter on Rotten Tomatoes from the critics. There are wow. three reviews for this film in total: one from two thousand and eight, one from two thousand sixteen, and one from twenty twenty. So I'm going to assume that not enough people. I mean, this definitely makes it underseen in my eyes, but not really? enough people have seen it, rated it to be able to score it. Um, the reviews are actually quite gentle to it. Uh, one of them says, the finale involving a decently sized battle and a climactic duel possesses a cinematic quality that thoroughly surpasses its predecessor. So he reckons it's better than Caravan of Courage, which I thought was pretty cool. Another guy says, it isn't particularly good, but it is a considerable improvement over the Ewok adventure. Again, interesting. <laughs> and then the final one who gave it a big big tomato was, the second act is a yawner, but the opening is exciting and the ending will please any viewer who thrives on action, special effects and Ewoks. I think those reviews are quite kind, yeah. considering. Yeah. But there's, so there's not enough there to give it the rating, so it's just blank. From the critics, so, so 5. what are we 5, averaging out 51. at? Then? Like it's like five, five point two, five point three. So, uh, I mean, I think we know what you're going to say, but what are you <laughs> going to say? Uh, I definitely think it's underrated, and I definitely think it's underseen. I am aware that if you haven't had the similar experience to me, I think maybe if you're an adult watching it now, you probably wouldn't feel the same way that I do. I, I would love to know if there's any other 32-year-olds out there who feel this strongly <laughs> about Ewoks, the battle for Endor. I would love to hear from you. Uh, but no, otherwise, I feel like I'm quite niche. I had quite a, an interesting relationship with it, and I just so happen to love this film. But I am going to go away and watch uh, Caravan of Courage now, now that I know. So I can I can get the <laughs> Fill whole in the blanks. Exactly, exactly. What about you, Josh? What are we, what are we thinking? Well, I think you've put it quite nicely there. And this is obviously a film that means a lot to you. So without expanding too much, because I'm looking at the time as well, I agree. I think it's underrated. Well, there we go. Um, Ewoks, the battle for Endor, sliding on into the underrated vault. I there think, it goes. Uh, I mean, maybe some people would be surprised about that. Are you... Are you satisfied and happy with that outcome? I'm so happy. And I'd completely just kind of forgotten about this film. And to watch it again, it was quite a nice experience for me. And I managed to only cry twice. So that's good. <laughs> um, anyway, Josh, what are we going to be watching for next week? Okay, so next week, I thought it was about time we did another classic. So mm. I was thinking, what sort of classic film should I pick? So I have picked, and I will elaborate more next week, I have picked Saturday Night Fever. Mmm, groovy. 
so yes, join us next week where we're going to be talking about Saturday Night Fever. In the meantime, if you could give us a little rating on Spotify or iTunes, wherever you get your podcast, it'd be very much appreciated. Do feel free to drop us an email with any film suggestions. It's filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. And we're on all the social medias. Just search for Films and That or Just Films and That on all of them the Facebooks the Twitter the Instagram and the TikTok and you'll find us and we're also on the television every Friday evening from 6 o'clock on the local TV network so if you live in Birmingham Bristol Leeds Liverpool or the northeast of England you can find us on channel 7 on Freeview we're also on channel 8 on Freeview in North and South Wales and we're also on Sky on channel 195 and that's across the country so you can find us wherever you are yes and I don't think many podcasts have been doing a small slot on television talking about both Ewoks the Battle for Endor and Saturday Night Fever because there's not a lot of crossover in those two films but we'll see <laughs> um, yes please do join us next week when we're going to be talking about Saturday Night Fever Alice Oliver thank you very much for joining me oh thank you very much Josh pleasure as always and it's goodbye from me cheerio bye Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.